This podcast is a part of the Podmania Podcasting Network. Check out podmania.co.uk to check out more of our great podcasts, features, reviews, match ratings and previews spanning the crazy and diverse world of professional wrestling. You're listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast, a sample of the best pro wrestling podcasts we can produce on our tiny budget. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, CastBox, and all other podcast platforms. If it's wrestling you want, check out more of our great content at podmania.co.uk. Let's do this. Welcome to another episode of the Podmania Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Gordon, and I introduce to you, Garth, it is Chris. How are we doing, boys? Really good. Yes. <laughs> had, a, had a nice break. I think, it, I think it says a lot, but you ask how I'm doing, and I just laugh. Well, when, <laughs> it, it does, and it also, we should tell the people at home just how you greeted me when we got in on the call before we started podcasting i said how is everyone and you said it's just difficult not to cry i mean do you want to elaborate or i mean is this because we compared you to jeff jarrett earlier and i don't know what what's going on man i mean like i'm not gonna lie that didn't help like I, i'd like to think i'd actually put someone over um i'd also like to think i'm a better guitar player and can do the strut better <laughs> but you know, we can, a man can a man can dream. Apparently, you're not wearing a um, wrestling t-shirt to take over, which is a bit of a sin. Well, no. You see, what I'm actually going to do is I'm going to turn up in that atrocity of the Wyatt shirt that you saw my girlfriend handily modelling. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I own a Bray Wyatt shirt, and it's also awful. It's just for lamb, and it says on it, um, "Down with the machine." It's like proper peak shit, Bray Wyatt. Fair enough. I, I I prefer those kind of Bray Wyatt designs, if I'm being perfectly to, honest. But to be completely fair, it's not as bad as Goto's. Oh my god! Never forget I'm, that Goto came out wearing a I shirt. I don't think Garth knows about this. Garth, I don't know if you've ever seen this. Um, Hiroki Goto went through a phase after the G1 of coming out in a white T-shirt with very plain writing on it that just said, "The G in G1 is for Goto." <laughs> I like and it. it wasn't even like in the center; it was like down the side. It w- it wasn't done ironically. It, oh Jesus Christ, mate! It was it's... it was the worst wrestling t t shirt I've ever seen. And that includes the jizz covered AJ Styles one. Mm-hmm. Oh, Sin Cara penis. Jo- oh, I'm trying to think of more bad shirts. Um, the King of the Cruiserweights never one. <laughs> yeah, the one that forced him to leave. <laughs> it's like, hang on, get text. Fuck you. <laughs> anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we have got a lot to get through tonight. We were originally going to do our Best Wrestlers of the Decade podcast, but we are getting together this weekend because I don't know if anyone knows. <laughs> but there is a UK takeover taking place on Sunday in Blackpool, NXT UK takeover Blackpool 2, which we'll be giving our predictions to later on in the show. So we thought we'd just chat shit 
about wrestling. There is a running order, don't panic, and there is your typical Chris tangents where he compares something and me and Garth don't quite understand what he's going on about, but we laugh anyway because we don't want him to feel lonely. We've got Garth... (laughs) moaning about everything because he's an old man and we've got me trying desperately not only to keep this podcast going and to bring everything together and tighten everything up but also just trying desperately to just cling to some modicum of happiness and and on that note you've noticed that me and Garth did something like this a couple months ago and that was much funnier because Rob wasn't here to try and tie us I listened to that podcast, and at no point was there any semblance of any sort of structure. You just went, there was no structure. What can we talk about? Here's the thing, though. Wasn't that one of the most downloaded podcasts of last year? Um, I think it was our, ultimately, I think it was the fifth most downloaded podcast because we got a massive influx from like August onwards. Thank you, by the way, everyone. but yeah, from about August onwards, we got quite a lot of downloads, so it sort of got eclipsed, um, which culminated in the Wrestle Kingdom preview um, getting a ridiculous amount of downloads. So thank you very much for that. <laughs> we really do appreciate it. We're three fucking idiots doing a podcast. Um, Speak for yourself, man. Blindly. Yeah, literally. We we bounce around week to week. We've got no fucking idea what we're doing. Um, but today... We change format more than Raw does. We do. We do change format more than Raw I does. Even, I don't even watch wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Garth has his one best of Hulk Hogan tape, and he just has it on repeat. <laughs> I've got that on the uh, UK High Flyers. <laughs> So basically, guys, we're going to start with a couple of things. Then we're going to rag on the WWE for a bit, which is always fun to do. Um, We're going to look at a little bit at AEW, a little bit, like a very, very small amount on the fallout of Wrestle Kingdom. One particular question I wanted to ask both Chris and Garth. Um, If you want to listen to more about any sort of Wrestle Kingdom review or New Year Dash or anything like that, then please check out or stardom check out the young lion cast we've just done a huge almost three hour podcast on that so please go and check that out um and then we'll finish the show with our nxt uk takeover blackpool 2 predictions the five matches on the card have obviously now been announced and jesus christ the card looks stacked it's amazing why have you started talking in the marks and spencer's advert voice (laughs) this is not just a this isn't just a podcast. This is a really poorly put together podcast. <laughs> this is not that, just an NXT UK takeover. I thought it was just uh, him trying to do the, the, the beginning of Edge's theme tune. <laughs> yes, <laughs> ASMR, guys, get it right. <laughs> <laughs> so, first little bit then, guys. And this was something that I was literally scrolling through Twitter on my lunch break. And this is something that I found out. Obviously, uh, Pro Wrestling Insider produces their... PWI 500 and 2019's PWI 500 was won by Seth Rollins, which is fucking laughable. Um, but they've released their wrestler of the year. Now, I don't know, have either of you seen this? Oh, it's Adam Cole. Oh, yeah, so yeah. Yeah. Cool. So Adam Cole has come out as wrestler of the year with Jericho coming in as number two. And basically, I wanted to come to each of you individually and basically ask, what do you think of this? Do you think. It's a good decision. Is there anyone that you think would beat them in mainstream-wise, things like that? Garth, what about you? How, what's their um, criteria? Is it is it obviously match quality, 
Okay. So this does it go off chain matches though? Like it changes like year on year. Because, like, honestly, there was one year where literally we had, we had a partnership with WCW, so WCW guys got all the top spots. Yeah. So, like, one year in, like, 1995, the Nasty Boys won because they were the WCW Tag Team Champions. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, like, it's, it's literally something with no credibility, like, that we just keep pretending has credibility. So, I mean, to be fair, Adam Cole, has he had the most consistently high-rated matches? No. <laughs> Really? No. I know like, when, when it comes to when, when you think about one Osprey when you think about it, like Adam Cole has had five memorable matches this year, and that's just because of how many takeovers get ran. That's what I was gonna say. I it's, it's obviously doesn't get as much of a showcase. Whereas like you mentioned Osprey, but like he's a good example where like he has as high rated like he had that about that same level of like if you take him out to star ratings as much or like cage match star ratings or whatever probably has a similar level just from the g1 and that's wrestling every day so like mm-hmm. and I'm, like if you're taking those criteria into account and like i'm not being funny in kayfabe nxt is a, a low level so like whatever criteria you take into account whether it be kayfabe whether it be um just match quality wise or whatever adam cole isn't like but like the best and it's the weirdest thing the thing like, is though I, you know they're not t- i don't think they really take foreign wrestling into account when it comes to this because most not of really, their... but we sort of, we do it to sort of pay lip service it's not well we'll sort of do it be, like, as well because most of the people buying it are going to be american aren't they no, but yeah the thing is most um most people who are also buying it who have a point of in, of loving wrestling so much they're buying wrestling magazines also watch japanese wrestling Maybe. I think what you've got to remember as well is that Adam Cole, well, Will Ospreay, look at Will Ospreay. Yes, in ring, and we've said this before, Will Ospreay's pretty much unparalleled this year in consistency of excellent matches. Adam Cole's had a phenomenal year. His matches with Johnny Gargano have been absolutely amazing. But don't forget as well, the American product takes into account everything, your promo game, your charisma, your character development, not just your in-ring work, which I feel is why Will Ospreay has potentially missed out on first or second and probably why Chris Jericho won not only that award but the more prestigious Podmania Wrestler of the Year 2019 because of that <laughs> ca- that charisma, the promo, you know, the bringing of his people into bod. a product. So his I just, body. Yeah, his body. Jesus Christ, okay. Wrestle Kingdom. Good grief. He looked like he was a bag but a bin bag full of coleslaw um but honestly i i don't think these are the most prestigious awards i think i don't know i thought that adam cole was a little bit of a surprising choice i think he's had a good year do i think he's had a wrestler of the year sort of year not really, but he's he's certainly had an absolutely outstanding year. I just I don't think he's he's probably not in my he's certainly not in my top three. He's probably in my top five. I mean, doesn't even crack my top five. I don't watch NXT week to week, so like that's probably why. I was just going to say you can't really have an opinion on it then. <laughs> but like I I I watch enough NXT like I watch NXT like maybe twice a month, so I watch it enough to get a sense of what Adam Cole's year has been like. You watch takeovers like everybody else, and that is it. <laughs> no, I, wa- people, I think what I love. What I think I remember is 
people like the people who are making this it's obviously it's opinion based but these people watch everything the people buying it might not so everybody's oh, gonna have see, a different opinion i i get this with other awards of pwi it's literally been a case of a lot of in, lo- in a lot of cases whoever the fuck they've been in bed with well when it comes to melter when it comes, no, what you say that with the uh, star ratings, but like for the Observer Awards, it's put to a poll. Like he'll give his opinions or whatever, but like that's put to like the public. So like the same with anything. Literally, but like P- Meltzer doesn't like do out and out fucking brand deals like PWI has done with Hogan and the Nasty Boys. <laughs> so like, <laughs> no, well, yeah, exactly, but also. Don't pretend your awards are fucking prestigious if you're going to do that. I think it's just another one of them things that people get a bit hot under the collar for a little while and then they just forget about it. Cause... No, exactly. The only time I ever hear about the PWI awards is people being pissed off about it. That's it. If it was, say, if they did it with, I don't know, say if it was AJ Styles, people would be like, eh, fair enough. Like, I don't think it would really get people that hot because it's AJ Styles. Whereas Adam Cole. Hasn't really done anything on like the main stage. It's not like he's been on like a WrestleMania or anything like that. So it is quite surprising, I suppose. But yeah, good luck. <laughs> I just thought it was very interesting that of all the wrestling out there, you know, you've obviously got AEW now, you've got New Japan, you've got the WWE main roster with these huge names. WWE seems intent on signing absolutely fucking everyone. That. <laughs> You know, they've given it to the NXT champion. And don't get me wrong, I think, you know, he's had a great year. Again, it's it's out there for debate. Um, they do do their um, sort of fan awards and stuff that fans can vote on their separate awards, I think, and they're released in this, this issue of the magazine. But obviously, you can't access them unless you've got the magazine. I don't think it's been released officially yet. So there we are. Anyway, it was just a little thing that I wanted to talk to you guys about. The second thing... I wanted to talk to you about, and this is something that I am very passionate about at the moment, and that is what the fuck is happening with the WWE. I mean, seriously, <laughs> it is, it's January at the moment, and honestly, this is the time post-Wrestle Kingdom where you start to think, fucking hell, it's the Royal Rumble at the end of this month. And the Royal Rumble, genuinely, over the last couple of years, has been the only decent WWE pay-per-view except for Mania. And I am in no way hyped to watch it. I'm no way, in no way at all, hyped for WrestleMania. I have got no idea what the card is going to be. And to be perfectly honest, I don't care. I'm going to ask you in a moment what you think the marquee matches are going to be at WrestleMania, what you'd like to see as marquee matches at WrestleMania. And honestly, no two people put together excite me because the way WWE books their wrestling just won't excite me. I mean, we've just had the pay-per-view TLC. None of us watched it because fuck that shit. Um, and I just want to read to you. I don't know if... Oh, I watched the Botchmania. I did watch the Botchmania videos. And we'll get to that, it trust quite, me. It was, a fa- it was a fairly long one. <laughs> Believe it or not. Well, just uh, Grapple is an app that you can get on your phone that you can rate certain wrestling matches. I don't know if either of isn't you have heard of it. Case, isn't it basically a cage match? Yeah, you just get to rate your own matches, that's all. But I just wanted to read the TLC ratings from this show that they have got from the Grapple users. So we opened with the New Day versus the Revival, and mm. that is an average of 3.68 stars. 
It's followed by Alistair Black versus Buddy Murphy, which is 3.86 stars. That's the highest rated match. (laughs) So we then are followed by, and I want you to take note of what these are rated. And these are from over 100 people rating the matches. The Viking Raiders versus the OC, 1.81. King Corbin versus Roman Reigns, (laughs) 1.5. Bray Wyatt versus The Miz, 1.38. Bobby Bobby Lashley versus Rusev, (laughs) 1.5. The Kabuki Warriors versus Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. I'm going to pause there. Just think about who is in that ring. Asuka, Kyrie Sane, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte Flair. Yeah, yeah, and they have the um the best women to ever walk into WWE and Charlotte Flair. Two point four three stars that match has gotten. That's, that's generous because Kyrie Sane almost fucking died. It's just Yeah. And then the afterwards Charlotte Flair decided she was still gonna try and power bomb her. It's no, Charlotte. Now, the whistle. We'll, we'll get on to like um, how shitty Charlotte acted there. there. But like, um, I think we need people. It's what people keep saying about WWE. It doesn't matter about the match quality because at the end of the day, you want to see the match because of the story. And like in years past, I agree that's been the case. Like Rock versus Austin, in terms of just what's happening in between the ropes. Like if I didn't know the story, who the fuck cares? But like, in t- because the week to week story was so compelling people are hot for that match. And I think that's wrong because these matches are probably as good, if not better than matches in WWE's heyday. It's just a case of who the fuck cares because we don't know how to tell a story anymore. That's the problem. That's That's a massive problem. I mean, me and Garth used to talk about this all the goddamn time when we looked at WWE on a week-to-week basis. And Jesus Christ, I mean, one of the hottest feuds on SmackDown at the moment is Roman Reigns versus King Corbin. And we've had Roman Reigns covered in dog food. We bounce around from story to story to story with such... Just it's basically got to a point where we are flinging shit at a wall and seeing what will stick. And usually it wouldn't bother me, but this they've got such a monopoly on US and Western wrestling, on the world of wrestling. Even New Japan, who are an enormous corporation, can't touch WWE and their reach and their income and their influence on wrestling. And what they are producing is laughable. We have got no storylines heading into Mania. Now, are any of you... I mean, it's WrestleMania, for God's sake. Are either of you two even a little bit excited at the prospect of Mania? The last thing I was excited about with any WrestleMania, like properly, with one exception being Kofi, because that was an unbelievably special case was when AJ took on Nakamura. And then just before that, I think the last thing I was hyped about with Mania was... Like, I watch Mania every year because I'm a fucking mark. But like, the last time before that I was actually excited for Mania was 30. Garth, what about you? I mean, the thing is, I'll still watch it. <laughs> Doesn't matter how hyped they am, I will still watch it because I'm just... I always will. I'll always watch the Rumble and I'll always watch that. It annoys me how fair, bad the WWE is. The Rumble's still my favorite event. The Rumble's f- um, fun, and honestly, like I might skip it if the New Japan Rumble was still a thing. But um, no, quite frankly, with um, 
WWE. I'm annoyed it's not good um, because I want the biggest wrestling in the world to be good. I know. But it's, I guess it's like if you put it the, sort of the equivalent of, say, the Premier League, you've got three or four teams at the top that are so dominant over the rest of it, they get all the limelight and the rest of them are just left for the scraps. There's yeah, no, it's totally football. But there's not really much story for it because it's so domination. But then you've got the lower leagues which produce maybe not as shiny a product, but it's more entertaining and it's more compelling. No, that's because it's everyone's more uh, an equal footing. It's the same in a lot of play like if you take motorsport formula one is completely dominated by lewis hamilton but then you go to like formula e or formula two and it's all really compelling because no one can get um yeah. together enough wins uh, so it's like there's always com- competition whereas with wwe you can actually you can pretty much see stuff signposted as to what's coming i mean you look at the rumble match last year 2019 everyone knew that seth Rollins was going to win because there was an inbuilt storyline well, between him and brock lesnar and much well, as i didn't i i've i went for drew well this is what i'm going to come to now like it was it was going to be seth or drew and seth had the better storyline moving forward we are heading into mania now and uh, well sorry the rumble uh, we're heading into mania season and i know none of us are particularly hot on the product neither none of us watch it um, but you know, we want. I watch the highlights and stuff like that, and I'm trying to keep up with these storylines. And I don't know who's going to win the Royal Rumble. And usually, that would excite me. That'd be great. That'd be like, oh my god, such and such could win it. Such and such could win it. Such and such could win it. But they're so slapdash with their storylines. They're so slapdash with their fifty-fifty booking that no one yeah. can get any sort of streak going. No one can get any sort of heat going at all. And genuinely, it's got to the point where. Even if someone like, I don't know, someone completely random wins the fucking Royal Rumble, I don't give a shit. And it's the same. Shorty Gable. Yeah, it could be Shorty G, and he could have the greatest comeback story of all time. And I still, at the moment, the way that we do it is, I still wouldn't give a shit. And it's the same with the women's division. I'm sorry, but if you can put on a tag match that main events a pay per view, by the way, it main evented and it went 22 minutes. No, it didn't. It went 26 minutes, I think, sorry which is nearly half an hour of this awful shot. And Chris is absolutely right. 2.43 stars is a fucking gift to that match. It was shite. So much of it was just them standing there. There was an an idea for a good match in there, but unfortunately Kyrie Sane got hurt. And apparently Charlotte Flair does not know how to act when someone's fucking hurt. If you watch the highlights, you can quite clearly see Becky Lynch attempting to talk her through the remainder of the match. Mm-hmm. But Jesus. Charlotte Flair forced her up for a powerbomb when, like, clearly, when someone has clearly been, like, the fact that the match wasn't called off, I think it's a what, bit what, disgusting. See, what, what the, what's the fucking ref doing? No, exactly. Oh, my like, God. We've had this discussion like, before, is, man, her, haven't we? Her bow is so clearly wrong. Like, it's never been more obvious that someone's been hurt. And, like, seriously, like, they, she took some absolutely, like, a powerbomb through a table, a, a exploder suplex onto the. Um, barrier and like there's a thing in this match because like because like um again Bosch <laughs> pointed out um they kept getting Asuka and um Kyrie Sane mixed up and they're not being funny they don't look alike they're nothing like, like each other now one ha- one has oh. green hair I'm gonna say like one of them's fucking multicolored 
like one of them has touched a star in Super Mario, and like, and the other one's Hello <laughs> Kitty. Like fucking, it's not that hard to distinguish them. Like even the most racist old man could tell them apart. But apparently, Michael Cohen and Jerry, um, Jerry Lawler are fucking idiots. Well, we already knew this, but oh well. I think if the company is willing to bring back Jerry Lawler on commentary, which baffled everyone, um, I think that sort of sets a stall of what your product's going to be. Um, I, I, was, I was watching um, one of the highlights, and I forget who it was, but someone returned. No, it was when Big Show returned, and he, he just kept going, it's Big Show! It's Big Show! It's Big... Like, we get it, Jerry. Mm-hmm. It's fucking... It's, it's, in the, it's in the song, Jerry. You don't need to keep saying it. <laughs> Looking for well, no, the, the women's rumble. I don't care who wins unless it is an exciting NXT talent. I don't <clears> care. <throat> Literally, unless like fucking Ishirai comes up and suddenly destroys. And even then, I'd be sad because there's rumors of her going back to stardom, and I really fucking want that. I just, I, I don't. The women's division is... There's more excitement in the women's division, and that is mainly because NXT has the best women's division, without a shadow of a doubt. There are plenty of people that say that AEW have got the best women's division. That's absolute bullshit. It's bollocks. The thing is, AEW... We'll get into this in a second, but AEW could have a great women's division if they focused on the right people, but they don't. Well, one of them is an alien, Chris. Let's just keep that in mind for a moment. One of them is a fucking alien. Um... You're acting like that wouldn't excite... I, I'm a Lucha Underground fan. That sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> looking forward then, in looking past the Royal Rumble for a moment, if that's possible, and heading towards Mania. I mean, yes, we are all massive smarks. And yes, no, you're we... right. I can't, see, I can't see myself living that long now. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> looking forward to the Mania main event. If you could book that main event, who would you have in it? Garth, who would you have in it? Oh, fucking hell. Um, I don't know because I don't even know who they're fucking pushing at the minute. Like, no one. That's what I mean. <laughs> like, fuck knows. Honestly, like, Lesnar and fucking who? Who hasn't fought Lesnar? That's the problem. Like, uh, you clearly haven't been paying attention to the rumour mill. <laughs> Well, I've heard the rumour that um, Vasquez is supposed to come out. Yeah, that's thing is either meant to be Cain Velasquez or... Vela- I, I said it wrong. I don't care. Cain Velasquez. Tyson- yeah, I'm sorry. Or Tyson Fury. Well, either of those can fuck off because I don't want to say that. <laughs> be absolutely shocking. Like, maybe at one of the pre-Mania pay-per-views, but not at fucking Mania. Yeah, but why but would then you again, they need to sell it? Like, if you- if you have a certain amount, if you have two mainstream talents in a UFC champion and a boxing champion, why would you waste them on Fastly? Because I'm not being funny. Be w- Mania Weekend, it used to be a case of Mania Weekend was for um, outsiders and then SummerSlam Weekend was for fans. Like you look at like most years, like you look at 2013, for example, the Rock Headline Mania, Daniel Bryan Headline SummerSlam, it was that sort of dichotomy. We don't have a have that anymore, because WWE just went, well, why would we go for anything but the mainstream? And it's clearly not working for him. That's why they but, need um, to do what Wrestle Kingdom didn't put over two nights. Oh, hear me out. WWE should just give up. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah, right. Yeah, a billion dollar industry, yeah, they're absolutely going to give it up. <laughs> Like seeing Amazon just stop selling stuff. I mean, 
at the moment, t-shirt can't can't move like AEW. Can't think of a main event for WWE that would excite us unless they did something like brought Adam Cole up or did something like I don't know, like but we did bring up NXT Samoa talent. Joe. <laughs> we brought we brought up NXT talent for. Um, but the thing is, they pushed Samoa Joe last year against AJ, and I didn't fucking care. They um, he's back now, isn't it? But he's a fucking face. They put um. Well, that's when, isn't he? He's in a tag team with fucking Kevin Owens for some reason. And yeah. um, I mean, that's what like. I mean, it would be all right, but like, I don't. There's too much great wrestling for me to care about. All right. It just definitely lost their way. Well, they haven't. That's the thing. They haven't lost their way. They're doing what the. the they're doing what they want to do to sell tickets. But the thing is, it's still selling tickets. And I don't understand why, because it's not a good... Their, their inability to craft organic baby faces is ridiculous. Roman Reigns is still being pushed, and I have infinite respect for the man, and I will never boo the man f- out of principle. Um, but he's still getting pushed. There's, there's still people booing him, and there's still a negative reaction to him. And despite that, the WWE are still pushing him. It's, it's like a, please, we'll give you anything, just like this man. Yeah. And for me, the person who should be the top guy in that company is Kevin Owens. Because Kevin Owens has everything. He's a great wrestler. He is fantastic on the microphone. Whether he is heel or whether he is babyface, he is entertaining and he is n- more often than not the best thing about the show. But no, we no, get... why isn't? Because he's not Vince's type of guy. Because he's fat, apparently, which is bollocks. Absolute bollocks. I'm sorry. Two of the best wrestlers in that company are Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe, and they've stuck them in a tag team against Seth Rollins and AOP, which I quite like. I quite like the idea of Seth Rollins and those two sort of flunkies. I quite like that idea. But I, just, I don't... It just seems so much of the undercard is completely, completely lost. And I agree with you, Garth. There is nothing they could put on that would excite me. And even Bray Wyatt now, I'm not asked about. I don't care because... Uh, what? The thing WWE've got is the problem we've got... Well, not we've got. The problem is that people who watch WWE will not try the alternative because it's too much hard work for them. I have like a group of friends who will not watch anything else. Well, they'll, they'll watch a bit of AEW... But then they just sit, we're sitting taking the piss over because it's been pretty shit recently. It, um, it has not been great. And then I put forward a couple of the matches from Russell Kingdom saying, look at this. And they're just, nah, not having it. And I honestly think that's the mentality of a lot of wrestling fans because they, they grew up with WWE. WWE is wrestling to them. And that's fair enough. It's like, again, it was, it, it is, was for me. But gotta if and if you're enjoying it that's fair enough and i know like most of the lads in my group they do enjoy it because they, they get a laugh they get a kick out of it like the bobby lashley stuff is actually genuinely kind of funny the, the wedding stuff because rusev's funny and bobby lashley's actually quite funny but the matches are isn't, fucking dog shit isn't Liv morgan pulling a um wrestlemania 8 rick flair thing with lana yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what's horrendous as well? 
<laughs> I don't know if any of you saw the highlights of that segment. Liv Morgan comes out. This is Liv Morgan who has been built and built and built as, oh my God, she's going to be Sister Abigail. Oh my God, she's going to be Sister Abigail. And I knew straight away, I didn't even put on the Podmania Twitter. She's not. This is the same company that debuted Emma She fucking isn't. And she came out and, you know, she got absolutely no reaction whatsoever. At, there was no reaction. There was no cheer. There was no boo. There was nothing. And that's because we, we, we can't fucking Morgan. do anything. Do you know what, it's though? Built it? It's not built. It's not built properly. They they don't understand how to build, and they used to be able to do it. They really the used to be able to do is, it. It's the as recently people. as, like, 2012, as recently as 2013, they were doing it all right. It was fucking Kevin Dunn. It, it's still Kevin bloody Dunn. It was, um... <laughs> that, what have you done, Kevin? It's, it was, like, it was... Pat Patterson, I don't know what he's doing. I don't know if he's actually even doing anything now. But he was He's there doing that. young boys. Oh, man. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> the Belgian football team. Um, Allegedly. Like, it's all the same people. Like, fucking... But then again, is that not why? Because it's the same people. And they've done everything that they can do. They need to fucking get somebody else in to do it. Like, the whole... Um, th- I mean, Jesus Christ, they brought John Morrison back. Half the people in that crowd don't know who John Morrison is, because they were fucking. They probably most of them weren't even alive when he was last in the WWE. All the kids and stuff—they're not going to know who he is. So when they brought him out, he got no reaction whatsoever. It was fucking pitiful. I remember John Morrison back when he was Johnny Nitro. Hmm? <laughs> I'm gonna hashtag throwback. I'm gonna make one more point about the WWE, and this this pretty much for me sums up everything about the current product. The feud between the Bray, uh, Bray Wyatt the Fiend and Miz um, is all based around Bray basically targeting Miz's family and going into his house and basically targeting his kid with creepy dolls and putting himself in <laughs> photographs and, you know, that kind of bullshit. He's basically like my Uncle Jeremy. <laughs> like, um, it's like when uh, DDP went mental. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> But then, you know, Miz talks about how he's going to destroy Bray Wyatt. You know, nobody touches my family. Nobody goes near my family. My family, the most important thing. I'm not fighting today for me. I'm fighting for my family. We get to TLC. Bray Wyatt is out first. (laughs) Miz comes out in his gear with his headband on, with his glasses. Awesome is played and he does the fucking spin and point what the fuck is that because that if that, that was your real you would be legging it down to that ring exactly Garth. ready to fight and just flying in there you'd which is what go for the done. jugular they would have done that say well maybe 20 years ago like they would have done that because somebody that, like, like say like say Edge or someone like that would have just sprinted down the ring and started fighting. No, exactly. Like John, like Cena was sort of the expert at this when he was in an actual blood feud with someone. Like when Randy Orton attacked his um, dad, he'd actually go out and actually try to murder him. So I'm like, mm-hmm. that's su- that's such a simple thing, and like the fact that we overlook that is ridiculous. Like fucking Ishi 
does um just goes for people and half like, halftime is just because Ishii wants to hurt people. Um, the, reason, the thing is with the with with Bray Wyatt, the problem we've got is he has to come out before Miz here because if he comes out after, they don't get to do his whole grandiose sort of intro. Well, if they if they weren't gonna have fucking Miz attack him during the entrance and do his whole fucking spin thing, why like honestly just have Bray Wyatt come out second then? That's what I'm saying. But then you would have to expect Miz to be sort of pacing the ring. Then when Bray comes out, he goes down and charges him. But I think I honestly think it's the whole they have to get the entrances in because it's their sort of that's their gimmick now. Because everything else just is so stale. It we just spent it, a lot on this rig. We're, we're going to get these graphics used. Do you know what though? I don't even mind that his theme music played. That that I don't mind. If your theme music plays, don't care. You sprint down to that ring. That's what pisses me off. And you're right, Chris. They were able to build feuds. I mean, look at the Daniel Bryan storyline. Look at the John Cena, Randy Orton, and his dad. Yeah, that was you know it was slightly flawed in some areas, but it still worked. And you were even able to oh, do it. In NXT, you're able to do it in NXT. Look at Gargano and Champa. That's your fucking company. Yes, it's a different brand, but you own it, for God's sake. And instead, we get Lana and Bobby Lashley getting married on the last segment of the decade. We started the decade with Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, and we ended the decade with Rusev bursting out of a cake and Lana's arse is what we ended the decade on, to no reaction whatsoever. It's not even like it got booed. It was just there. And I know that we are going to end up with some fucking bollocks tag match at WrestleMania. And I don't give a shit. And I'm they're expecting you to sit through eight and a half hours. Eight and a half hours for this bollocks... And it's it's not fair on the wrestling fans who shilled out, you know, looking at prices for God's sake. It's astronomical. I mean, there's you expected to sit there for all that time. for well, all that time yeah. exactly in the Tampa heat for God's sake. I mean, no, I'm... But like um, we're going to take over, right? But like the tickets for the takeover we're going to is around the same as Ring of Honor shows, like literally. And then you look at the price of when Raw comes to the Hydro or whatever, and it's like ninety quid for the worst ticket, and it's like. There's a bit of a... And they can't sell out. <laughs> no, exactly. The quality to um, price ratio sort of goes extremely down when it's on the main roster. Like The best part about um, Glasgow Smackdown was um, the fact that it was an ICW crowd there, basically, and they were relentless. <laughs> the sad thing about it is it's like we rag on them so hard, but I think the reason is is because we genuinely want it to be better. I want the, I want it to be better, and I want them to start treating their fucking talents better. Because they've got they've got the production, they've got the biggest audience. They don't have to. They can do whatever they want. They can put whatever type of matches on they want. NXT proves that they can do it, and the fans like it. So just let the people just. That's the thing. It's like take the shackles off and just let. The, the reason you sign people to your brand. It's because they've done something outside of WWE that you like. But then why, when you bring them in, do you neuter them? That's what I never, ever understood. They have Sami Zayn, one of the best workers in the company, as a manager. Literally doing nothing. Like No, to, to be fair, he um, mosh, moshes down to Nakamura's theme, which was the best part of Survivor Series. But I mean, still... what is Nakamura? I don't know. 
Is, isn't he VIC champion? Is he still VIC champion? He is, yeah. Yeah, he, he seems to be he's... perpetually VIC champion. Such a fucking sad thing when you've got him, an ab- a, like a literal rock star of a the, wrestler. The thing is, though, well, with Nakamura, he is definitely he's def- definitely been phoning it in, and he's been phoning in it in since he was in World Championship feud. So you can't say he's phoning it in just because they're giving him nothing. When they gave him AJ Styles, he phoned it in. <laughs> No, he did. But when you've got a match that ends in a double dick punch, Chris, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not excusing Nakamura's okay. work rate. I am about, not excusing what about the it. Match? What about the Money in the Bank match? Mate, again, I'm not excusing Nakamura, but the booking is there. You booked them in a no in a no holds barred match and you still managed to find a bullshit finish. That's that's ridiculous to me. I think we've done WWE to death. Um <laughs> I fi- you're right, Chris and Garth. I want them to do well. I, I, they are so ingrained in my childhood. You know, I grew up watching Kane, Undertaker, Stone Cold, Triple H, The Rock, that era, that it was such a part of my growing up that I don't want them to be shit. I find it so hard to tune in, even just look down Twitter and find, you know, whatever bollocks Ricochet is doing or whatever they're doing with Samoa Joe or where the fuck is Bobby Roode? <laughs> I mean, it, it's just, it's agonizing. And Chris, you are absolutely spot on. They need to treat their talent. I mean, final thing, I promise, because I've got a lot more passionate on this than I meant to. But who organically got over the most over TakeOver and Survivor Series weekend? Um, Keith Lee. Keith Lee. And what's mm-hmm. been done with him since? Fuck all. On on NXT, he was like in a number one contenders match, which now isn't... I haven't watched this week's episode of NXT. The only thing I know is that Alex Shelley's there. Um, so I don't actually... I don't know what Keith Lee... I'm pretty sure he was in the Fatal 4-Way number one contenders match. Which he lost. Oh, did he? Who won that? Um, I was going to tell you that, and I can't remember who it was. I think I'll look it up. Yeah, look it up. Anyway, um, next thing then, and this is something that, again, I want to make something very, very clear before we start the next bit. It's not all no, bad. No, Keith Lee won. Oh, did Keith Lee win? Oh, in that case, I apologise. I rendered my last point moot. I apologise. I, <laughs> I must have read something different because I thought he'd lost, so ignore that bit. Um, I don't know. Why the fuck was Katie Ray and Tony Storm on NXT? Never mind, go on. Continue. Um... <laughs> Before we carry on, AEW is not all bad. It's just there are some things at the moment that are a little bit... glaring flaws. That is a little bit alarming. Um, There's some massive red flags that are coming up. Um, Now, Garth, you you started off watching Dynamite every single week. Um, I don't know what your viewing habits are at the moment regarding AEW. I missed the last one. But other than that, I'm pretty much up to date and um, what is your opinion of the product I mean it's weird they have they don't do bad shows not as a whole they just do very strange bits and they don't the, I think the problem they have is they're not doing stories as in giving you a lot of information beforehand with videos or vignettes they're just either expecting you to know who these people are or, or they're trying to tell you during the match but then even fucking GR half the time doesn't know what the hell's going on so that makes it difficult um, and 
there just seems to be a massive difference between the stuff that, say, and this is there's an obvious reason why Cody's doing. He's getting full. He's getting promos every week. He's getting the big entrance every week. He's getting the backstage stuff. Nobody, nobody else at all is getting that shit. And it's that's it's fucking it's going to WCW territory here. And that's like I was joking with it with, with someone I made. It's just like Nitro. It's just like sort of Nitro before it fell off a cliff. When you could see, you kind of see. The boys were basically just doing what they wanted. This just seemed, it feels like that. Like, I don't know. I mean, the matches are good, The but they, they, they're they having the same matches every week. Pac and Hangman Page, or Pac's coming out to beat down Hangman Page, and then there's no, because the, the um, pay-per-views are so far apart, they're just, this stuff builds for too much, and there's no flow to it. It's just weird. And then the women's division and Brandy and all that, and it's just baffling. They're just literally doing what they want. It's not the first comparison I've heard of AW and Nitro and their booking. Now, my opinion on this, I agree with the whole Cody thing, but Cody at the moment is the only one aside from sort of the inner circle, and that's that's sort of wavering. Cody's the only one with a concrete storyline in this company. I mean, let's I face it, I, I appreciate the fact that the Bucks and Omega and Hangman Page to a lesser extent are distancing themselves from the title picture and are distancing themselves from the bigger matches. I understand that. But your company was based on the elite. People tuned into your company because of the elite. At what point do you pull the trigger on Omega? At what point do you pull the trigger and just go, do you know what? These are our biggest stars. You've got to ignore what people and just go, do you know what? Omega is one of the greatest wrestlers in the world. He's probably top three best workers in the world. He should be the champion, or at least in that main event picture. And I understand Omega was in the main event of Double or Nothing and he lost his number one contendership match to Jericho. And I agree that having Jericho win the championship was probably the correct call. But the books, their booking has been baffling. And I know that it's them doing the booking, which makes even less sense. But Cody is the only one at the moment who I feel like is a real star in that company. Yeah, but he... The thing is, Cody's the only one getting a lot of time to tell the stories. And then the books, it seems to me that the books are going the other way and they're going too far into booking themselves out of the titles or out of any sort of meaning. They're just having this feud with LAX or whatever they're called now. Like, it just seems, they're just, it's, it's, it feels like, I mean, when you're watching it, so it just feels like an exhibition half the time. Let's do some crazy stuff and let's have done with it. For me, um, nepotism is the biggest problem in AEW right now. And I know that's weird to say because, like, the Bucks especially have been booking themselves quite um, selflessly. Like, we put over the fucking private party for fuck's sake. But Cody, that is definitely nepotism. Like, I saw someone, like, compiled just in the lead up to Dynamite um, before Dynamite was on air. With um, the roti shows and the post um, pay per view video packages, Cody matches got an av- um, 
matches in the video package got an average like first seconds more than everyone else, even when it's not the main event. So like him versus Spears, which let's be fucking honest, did not on that show did not was not the big draw, was still positioned as the big draw. Like okay, so you know how like uh um WrestleMania thirty one Triple H had an overly long, stupid um feud with Sting that had led to an overly long, stupid match. I'm starting to think when Cody saw that match, the only issue he had with it, but he wasn't Triple H. <laughs> like, well, and how Cody? Well, that's, that's Cody is putting himself in such prominent positions, and like he's doing like outward things to make him look selfish, selfish, like um, uh, selfless rather than by like saying oh, I'm going to win the title. Still putting himself in the most marquee feuds. He's still giving himself the most promo time. His matches will probably be um, the longest on the show. His entrance will definitely be the longest on the show. And it's sort of like, okay, so you're not going to be champion. Kill. Cool. You're still putting yourself over better than everyone else. Like, he does. He very rarely loses in non. Um, he very rarely loses cleanly. Like, it's very, he's very much booking himself like Triple H did. And or like how or how Dusty did actually, and like that's sort of my biggest problem. That and the women's division, but we'll get onto that in a second because nepotism is also a problem in the fucking women's division. I disagree with you about Cody <clears throat> completely. Um, I thought I thought you would because I don't see it as nepotism. I see as I see it as he is the only one who's been booked properly. He's a big star. You put him in the big matches. Yes, he tries to get Sean Spears over. Sean Spears should have won that match. That's a bad booking decision. I agree wholeheartedly with that. But to me, to me, Sean Spears is not the person that should have been in that match anyway. You look at people like Darby Allen, who Cody has helped to get over with that match at Fighter Fest, which, yeah, went a bit long, but he didn't beat Darby Allen. He helped him get over. Don't forget that because of Cody, MJF is one of the biggest stars in that company, okay? Cody lost the match against Jericho. Okay, the storyline with that makes sense. The story with the butcher and the blade, even though their debut makes absolutely fucking no sense, sort of makes sense. Cody is the only one at the moment who is booking himself properly. This is how Omega should have been booked. This is how the books should have been booked. I agree that it is good that the books are putting over Private Party, and yes, it's great to see talent like that shine through, but you've got to realise that these people aren't getting any younger and eventually they're going to book themselves into a point where no one is really going to give a shit anymore. Um, the women's division, I completely agree with you. Well, I don't understand what's going on with it, Garth. The word is um, Omega's doing all the, the, the booking for that. That explains why Rio's getting booked so hard. <laughs> That's his project. That's his, He's the agent for that. And I get it. I get he's got these favourites and I get he likes all the, the Japanese women but honestly when you've got somebody like I don't know even like Nyla Rose and you yes I get you've got the underdog and you want that the underdog to look good but you still want her to come in and absolutely destroy people Nyla Rose is not someone who should be an underdog <laughs> but that's what I mean like you've got her in the match with well Rio for instance and as much as Rio winning that title was good and fun like Rose should have just squashed her completely, and then you have the 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 second match for maybe an upset. But I just think, and then they keep on bringing out um, what you call her, Freddie Mercury, and it's just like you've got. Other oh, you could no, that's not you could Zach Zach either. Hang on, I need to double check who that is. 
and you've got other people who you're not pushing. So it's baffling. The, the, the booking on that is absolutely baffling. And I don't know if it's if he's going for long-term stuff. Um, I don't know. It's just... And then they push people like Britt Baker, who's blatantly not ready. Do, and then you've got Brandy doing this bizarre fucking voodoo thing. But what oh, I don't understand about with... Brandy is you've got her connected to Cody, who is the biggest baby face on AEW, uh-huh. yet she is coming out, so she's part of the Nightmare family, yet she is now part of a different faction called the Nightmare Collective, which is this heel voodoo group that makes that is getting no reaction whatsoever. It's just bollocks and makes no sense. I don't understand what is going on with it at all. And there's just nothing week to week that is helping us to understand why we should give a shit about this storyline. Very quickly, um, on Gas Point with um, Shida, I had to double check that. Um, I think like I think a lot of the Japanese women are probably the best ones. Like, with the exception of Priestley, in my opinion. Like, no... Priestley, Nyla, and um, Kong, exactly. Like, no one's really touching, like, Yoshida's or your um, Sakura's or your Rios. And, like, that's just in terms of work rate. I get how you need, like, the English people to get these people over. But, like, the English people, um, the people who can speak English but they're actually pushing is, like, Britt Baker. And fuck off. <laughs> like, Britt Baker is a fucking 2007 worker if I've ever seen one. It, I it it is it's like it's a it's a WWE diva, exactly. And but like you see, and like honestly, like you could just go back to full gear of a match with Priestley, and she was so outclassed. It's not even. I funny. mean, to give them the dues, like they have done, the the they have done some good stuff. They've got that Sammy Guevara over massive, just by association with Jericho. That inner circle group is a really really good idea, and it helps. Everybody get a rub off Jericho. You've got proud and powerful LEX are really, really good at what they do. And you've still not had um, Jake Hagar have a match yet, which is quite good because it means when he does have one, it might have some sort of impact and some meaning. Apparently he's not allowed to have a match, but apparently Bellator is not letting him have a match until he has his fight in um, March, I think it is. Fair enough, but at least storyline-wise... There's a reason maybe that they're holding back. And when he does get unleashed, it's like a big deal. Yeah. Um, they've got over Dustin when he was almost buried by WWE's. Well, he's I got love over. Dustin, by the way. Like he's Dustin's amazing. probably my favorite. He's probably my favorite in AEW. Um, um, Darby Allen was pretty much unknown to most people. And he's got a massive rub. And. So every time when he ever makes an appearance now, people get excited to see him. So they are doing good stuff, but they're booking themselves literally into a corner with the likes of Omega and the book by booking themselves out of... They're still in the the big matches, but they're not in the title matches, which means the title matches take second, like second best. Yeah. Am I the only one who thinks there's something off of Omega right now? Yeah, definitely. I just, I think Matches that, seem, yeah. Do you know what? Now, this is going to sound really fucking like, like I'm putting down fucking unbelievable. I'm not, but a lot of his matches have, and the one with Moxie, not so much, but a, a bit of a formulaic WWE feel to them. 
Well, that's the thing. The only two matches that haven't felt formulaic so far are the um, SEMA match, because we just went fucking nuts, and yeah. the um, and the Moxley match, because again, they just went way over the fucking top. Like, this whole thing we're doing is like Taddy West's wrestling heart in Tokyo. Like, at some point, we have to actually show his wrestling heart, or he needs to leave and go back to Tokyo. <laughs> I agree. And again, <clears throat> I think there are a lot of positives to take from AEW. Um, the thing is, I think the problem with AEW is people are watching it wrong. People are watching it because it's a WWE alternative and not because it's a good product. Even if it is like a decent product, this is like, this is, AEW is probably as good as Raw has ever been. But um, in the case of, like, people are sort of watching it because, ooh, I don't, I want to be like, like, some people seem to think they're anti system by watching AEW. Like, it's kind <laughs> of like, no, seriously, it's kind of like, saying you're into punk when you're into Blink-182. Now wrong with Blink, mate. Um, <laughs> yeah, but they're not, they're not really punk, are they? They're not either. The thing that no. surprises with them, and I don't know if it's because she injured or something, but they seem to have, like, like Sheeta just sitting on the sideline all this time. She's probably the best woman. Sheeta's great. I fucking... I've, every time I tune in, it's like, where the fuck actually is Sheeta? She's just sitting... She's either sitting at the side or she comes out and... Because you're just... She also probably has the best look of any of the Lots. women. A gimmick's great. She's got a good look. She's really good in the ring. And she's she... got this like legitimacy about her. I'm trying to because I think she's with um, TJPW, and I'm not sure how often they run shows, but like they manage to send people over enough. Hasn't she signed a contract with AEW now though? Yeah, but like B briefly signed a contract, and she's still with Stardom. No, I'm sure she's like living in America. Oh, okay. I'm sure she is. Um, ha- I I don't know this. So, um, but you know, I, I mean, let's let's be honest. Moxley's still doing very well. Moxley's stuff is still great. Um, Pack stuff well, is still good in ring. Great. Yeah, well, but Pack's still good in ring, but he does, he hasn't had a story. He hasn't had a proper story other than I really fucking hate Angman Page. Yeah, and that needs to be something matches, they focus on. Angman Page's matches have fallen heavily, heavily into. Uh, formula yeah he keeps doing that top rope at uh, moonsault to the outside and he does it every time and like that should be something you pull out in a big match yeah, yeah exactly and it's like it's we sound like jim Cornette right now but literally that's, that's just sort of like build what like for example the lead up to through and loathing last year um viper was going to take on kaylee ray and before the match viper pulled out a canadian destroyer and i'm like what the fuck didn't you do that on the show like, it's super cool that you can do that and all, but, like, you gain nothing by doing it right now. I agree with that. I I do agree with that. Um, I mean, they they want to produce, and Tony Khan's come out and said, we want to do, you know, the, the opposite to the WWE. Yet we have storylines where we've got cults, f- dinosaurs, and a fucking alien. So explain... Hey, don't- don't you start fucking dissing at my fucking boy Luchasaurus, all right? I love Luchasaurus. I love Luchasaurus. But can you see, if I'd have said, you know, in WWE, there's an alien, a dinosaur, and a cult trying to get people to join them and not getting anywhere, we'd slag WWE off something awful. I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty sure all those things have happened. <laughs> I just I find it very, very weird. Definitely the cult and the, definitely the cult and the alien. I'm not quite sure on the dinosaur. I think that's quite unique to wrestling unless you yeah. count um late nineties WCW. Yeah. 
Anyway, let's move on. And let's move on to the final thing. Let's move on to the final thing. So on Sunday, we are going to watch NXT UK take over Blackpool 2, which is... Well, yeah, we're not just going to go. What like we were because we were going to. We'd probably be watching it even if we weren't going, but we're actually going. Yeah, we're at, we're actually there. It's a it's a tradition. And by the way, I I'm going to be in Blackpool next night. If any of you want to drink with me, I don't want to drink alone in my hotel room. <laughs> the idea of me and Garth going home and you sitting alone in your room drinking is both great and sad. Like I'll... to be fair. That's just what happens when I log off the podcast, to be fair. <laughs> um, so what we're going to do is we're just going to give our very, very quick predictions to what we think is going to happen on the show. Um, we'll put them up on our Twitter as well so you can see. Uh, Garth, I'm really sorry to say that you didn't come first or second in the Wrestle Kingdom predictions. Um, it's a first. It's a first. I yeah, I mean, <laughs> Chris, you won night one and I won night two. Um, so sorry, Garth. To be fair, it's the first time that you haven't won the Wrestle Kingdom predictions. <laughs> it was becoming a really annoying habit of yours to win all the New Japan ones because you won Dominion and you won the G One Climax opening. It was really what's, frustrating. What's mad is that um, what won it for me was Toa Hinari and Stardom. <laughs> yeah, bizarre, isn't it? That they were the matches we were most invested in for predictions. Um. Anyway, so the matches as it stands, I'll read through the card as it stands at the moment. So we have Tyler Bate versus Jordan Devlin in singles action. Trent Seven versus Eddie Dennis in singles action. We then have a triple threat match for the NXT UK Women's Championship between the champion Kaylee Ray, Tony Storm and Piper Niven, the former uh, Viper. We've then got a fatal four-way tag team ladder match for the NXT UK take. Uh, tag team championship which oh my god uh, between the champions Gallus Mark Coffey and Wolfgang taking on the Imperium team of Fabian Eitner and Marcel Barthel uh, the Grizzled Young Veterans and Mandrews and Flash Morgan Webster followed by a singles match for the WWE United Kingdom championship between the champion Volta and Joe Coffey so We'll go through the matches and go through who we think is going to win. Um, Tyler Bate versus Jordan Devlin. Chris, who do you think is going to win and why? This is the biggest battle between my brain and my heart I've ever experienced. So, like, um, Tyler Bate is probably going to win this because they're probably... Well, there's two options in my mind, and one's Tyler Bate winning, one's Tyler Bate losing. So, quite frankly, this does not help. But, like, either... Bates gonna lose and he's gonna have a redemption act to get a rematch against Walter. Or Bates gonna win and that's gonna set up a rematch against Walter. But then again, Devlin isn't a million miles up for UK to- totem pole right now, so like maybe not. I don't know. I'm gonna let you two pick and then I'll pick. Great. Well, I'm really glad I came to you first. Then, um, God, <laughs> uh, I've gone Devlin. You've gone Devlin. Uh, any particular yep. reason, or just because you really like Devlin? Um, I think he would probably get more out of it than um, be it winning. And like you say, if Devlin's doing that, then be it can go on and do something else, maybe with Walter. Um, I agree with you. I'm going with Jordan Devlin. The reason I'm going with Jordan Devlin is because. As Chris has stated, Jordan Devlin is not extremely high on the totem pole at the moment, and I do see Walter retaining against Joe Coffey. Um, 
And I spoilers. feel like... Yeah, spoilers. I do feel like Devlin is one of those people who... We've got to start building people who can beat Walter because the problem that I had with NXT UK was there was no one who, until Walter turned up, there was no one that could really beat Pete Dunne. Um, and there was no one who even looked like they could beat Pete Dunne. And I think Jordan Devlin you say- could be one of those people who we could build to eventually take the belt off Walter. And I think beating Tyler Bay, who had the Podmania match of the year against um, Walter at TakeOver Cardiff, seriously, what a fucking match. I think beating Bate here could be massive, massive for him. Chris? Um, um, Devlin has taken on Walter at um, in NXT UK, not just in LTT. Um, but like I was at like a Mania weekend taping, which was a weird one. Um, I'm going to go with Bate just because YouTube went with Devlin, and I feel like if we just go with the same predictions, you're going to shout at me again. But I really want Devlin to win. Devlin is one of my absolute fa- like honestly. Like I know somebody watches OTT and he's like he's the best ace figure in the world, which is a shame because he's left OTT now. <laughs> like in progress this year, he's been insane. Like seriously, check out his match with Ilya Dragunov, who I'm really sad as a numbers card. But yeah, okay, fair enough. Will do. Um, moving on then, second match on the card as it stands on Wikipedia. This probably isn't going to be the running order, but there we are. Uh, is Trent Seven versus Eddie Dennis? Now I made the mistake of going to Chris first. I'm going to go to Garth first this time. <laughs> um, Garth, who have you got, and why do you have them? Hey, because I haven't watched a lot of it. I just watched a few sort of catch-up videos. And uh, did you see Eddie Dennis's return? I did. It was quite. It was quite lukewarm, wasn't it? I thought it was. It was pretty good though. Like he was in the crowd, and Trent Seven was like shaking the hands in, of the fans, and then it came to him, and he wouldn't let go. Um, and then sort of like later on in the the day, sort of attacked uh, pre-match and stuff like that. But um, I think again, this is another one where I think with Dennis just coming back and. Trent Seven sort of is already established. Dennis is going to get more out of it. So I'm going to go with him. Unless, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, um, like a DQ win for Trent Seven, maybe, but I'm going to go with Dennis. Um, exact same reason as you. Um, I'm going Trent Seven. I've literally got nothing else to add. I think Eddie Dennis has just returned. It would make no sense for Eddie Dennis to lose here. Trent Seven's got nothing to gain from a victory at all. It will make complete booking sense for Eddie Dennis to win. Um, Chris? Eddie Dennis has potential to be an amazing fucking kill, so I also agree. And Trent Seven's like the biggest baby face in the world. That's the thing. He's going to get such a pop. <laughs> and um, I, I agree it's going to be Dennis. Dennis has been like... I don't... we. I can't remember what you guys thought of Dennis last year, but like since he's come back to especially like progress, he's been great. Like He is so good at pissing off a crowd. <laughs> Like, um, he's been feuding with David Starr because it's basically WWE contracted wrestler versus independent David Starr. And, like, he's one, he's like, he's kind of like what Kevin Owens was when he came to NXT. He's like, well, fucking, of course I'm going to sign with WWE. I want to feed my family. Yeah, you know, that's the thing. He's great about it. And also, like, he's managed to make Mark Andrews a heel, which is (laughs) no mean, this is no small feat in progress because fucking Junior was over in progress. Um, I mean, that was great. I uh, mean, to be honest, Chris, any member of Junior must be a heel in wrestling, because fucking hell. <laughs> uh, 
You say that, we're definitely going to mark out when Andrew's comes. Oh, our hands are going to be waving, my friend. Yeah, wave, wave the fuck up. But um, with the shoes off, because um, Gibson will be there. But um, yeah, I'm going for Dennis, because he just has way more potential in the victory. Unless Walter's going to take on seven. That will be amazing. To be fair, that was a great match at Progress Super Strong Style, because Walter ended up trying to chop seven. Seven gets out of the way, and Walter chops the post. Yeah, Jesus. I know. I fucking know. Um, moving on then, we've got the triple threat for the NXT UK Women's Championship between Kaylee Ray, the champion, Tony Storm, and Piper Niven. Um, I'm going to go first with this one. Um, I'm going to go for Kaylee Ray to retain. Um, she's great. She's absolutely great. Um, just an absolute bastard, and I absolutely love it. Uh, Tony Storm isn't long for NXT UK. Um, she went on to NXT and basically challenged Rhea Ripley. So she's going to be challenging for the NXT Women's Championship at some point. So she's not going to need this title as well. Plus, she lost at Cardiff. She shouldn't even be in this match. Um, and Piper Niven, I think she will eventually be champion. I just don't think it will be yet. Um great baby face and I think she will get an amazing pop and an amazing reaction um, I just don't think her time is quite yet so Kaylee Ray to retain for me. Chris How often like outside of Joshi is like a big bruiser like Viper and like not a natural heel like on paper Viper should be a natural heel but she's just not Has she ever been a heel in ICW? She has but like people still cheered her like when they tried to turn Becky heel, kind of. Except ICW did a better job. It's just it's impossible to not like Viper. Right. Okay. But um, okay. I'm actually as much. You two know how much I love Tony Storm. Yes, it's but, it's um, Podmania legend. <laughs> Since been replaced by Arisa, but um, I'm kind of sad this isn't just a Viper Kaylee Ray match. I agree with you. I agree with you. I mean, what I what stakes be. does Tony Storm have in this match? Why why is she allowed in this match? She lost, she lost to Kay, she lost to Kaylee Ray at NXT UK Takeover Cardiff. Why why are we getting it again? Um, from what I understand, like Viper returned at the same time at the same time Tony Storm tried to invoke her rematch clause, and that's the thing. I haven't watched NXT UK week to week to week, so I couldn't completely tell you. Right, okay, but. That being said, I'm just happy how much Scottish representation there is in the upper half of this card. So who are you going for, mate? Kaylee. You're going for... Well, <laughs> you know, my favourite part of Kaylee this year, and it's the weirdest thing, in War Games, when, when she was seizing that suplex through chairs, she jumped down and took the chairs down just to make the crowd be her. She was, Yeah, that was great. She was there that basically was to be ragdolled. It was brilliant. No, that's thing. She is when Mauro Ranella. She has a complete disregard of her body. It's like, yeah, she, it was actually a great moment in ICW. Like um, Mikey Whiplash is like this crazy cult leader. Um, was after Stevie Boy, Kaylee Ray's husband, and Kaylee Ray was in a um, a Glasgow street fight, which is a street fight where you take a bu- uh, shot at buck fast every two minutes. Jesus. And <laughs> there's a, <laughs> a backstage segment where she's going, ah, fucking bring him! I'll fucking smash him! <laughs> Amazing. I, they, they should bring that into NXT UK, that's all I'm saying. Uh, Garth, who have you got, man? Uh, same as you guys, Kaylee Ray. I think everything that you said, plus the fact that it's a three-way, if, if they were going to take it off her and give it to 
Viper. Well, it's too soon for her, and I think it's it's not right to put it back onto Tony Storm because well, she's moving to she moving to NXT. It would proper. seem that way. <laughs> it would seem that way from what I've seen of the highlights because of NXT. NXT is just fucking keeps poaching for bigger stars from it. Like, watch Walter be full time NXT by Mania. <laughs> I think I think Keely Real retain, and then there'll be at the next one. Or maybe even what? at the next takeover sort of pre-mania that might put on, I don't know. Honestly, Kaylee Ray versus Viper, if he did a Glasgow takeover, I think would be a perfect headliner. Yeah, put that. But I think she'll get a shot, so I... Kaylee Ray. Okay. So we move on then to the Fatal 4-Way Tag Team Ladder Match for the NXT UK Tag Team Championships between the champions Gallus, represented by Mark Coffey and Wolfgang, Imperium, represented by Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel, the grizzled young veterans Zach Gibson and James Drake, and Flash Morgan Webster and Mandrews. Um, I'm going to go first again because I can. Um, I'm going to go for Imperium. And the reason I'm going to go for Imperium is very, very selfish. And it is because I love a good faction. And I love a call of all the gold. And I think a faction, if it's going to be that serious threat, which Imperium is, let's be perfectly honest, I think if it's if it wants to be the perceived as strong, I think it needs to at least at one point hold all the gold. And I think this is the perfect time for them to hold all the gold. They don't even need to hold it for long, but I think this is the perfect time for come the end of TakeOver Blackpool 2 for Walter and his lackeys to be holding all the gold in NXT UK. So I'm going for Imperium. Chris? Okay. So several things. One, Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster do actually have a team name, and I just like because it's so shit, Wikipedia hasn't even bothered putting it in there. No, it hasn't. Isn't it South Wales Power Trip or something? Subculture. Subculture. Oh, fucking hell. Get it? Because one's a mob. South Wales Subculture. Wow. (laughs) To be fair, though. (laughs) Your discontent with that name is great. I I imagine, like, um, Webster and Andrews is, like, if a young Garth teams up with a young Rob... You mean the best team in the world? Am I right, Garth? Yeah, it's like I'm right. <laughs> it's like if pop punk came together with actual punk to create something not quite as good as either. But um... pop punk, punk, <laughs> rock punk, rock punk, pop punk rock. <laughs> um, this is another struggle between because i full-heartedly love two of the teams in this match and that's gallus for obvious reasons and grizzled young veterans again for obvious reasons um if they don't give gibson the mic i will be very disappointed because they never seem to give him the fucking mic at takeovers i love the grizzled young vets i really do and i re i I would love them to win they're my heart pick if that makes sense but nah for me yeah, I, they're, not, they're not winning a ladder match, are they? No, not a chance. Though I would love them to give Gibson the mic because we won't hear a single fucking word he says, and it'll be no, great. But, um, it was a mate at um, the taping they went to in Glasgow when he came out to defend the championship. He attacked Amir Jordan beforehand and came out and were like, um, "Why should we have to? Def- I'll go home. I'll go. I'm as gutted as you are." <laughs> and then went on. Then went on to go. 
I, we have to download these at the down well, the Venvies at the download festival, surrounded by sweaty goths. And then the <laughs> crowd started chanting sweaty goths. <laughs> He's just great. Um, uh, I'm gonna go with Gallus. You're gonna go with Gallus because honestly, I want them to have. I want the tag team championships to last more than one takeover for once. <laughs> Good luck with that. Good point. Um, Garth, who are you going for, babe? Well, I was going to say Imperium, but... <laughs> then we'd have all the same picks. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I do think I do think they'll be holding it at the end, all three of them. Um, spoiler. But I'm going to go with Andrews and Morgan. Do you mean the Southwest sub... The South Wales subculture, uh, Garth? Them, yes. Um, I'm going to go with them. Any particular well, reason, or...? Because looking at the the card, I think it's all well, I've predicted all heel wins. Um, yes. So that would be that would be like a face, a nice face uplifter. And, and you get to hear and you get to hear um, thingy twice. <laughs> Stop pretending to not know who Junior are. <laughs> Honestly, um, I keep... <laughs> what, what I love about I know, NXT... I know when we get there because I listen to him on the car all the way down. What, what I love about... Um... NXT UK right now is literally just um, Scotland versus England versus Wales um, versus Europe right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like we haven't even included Ireland because we only this have one Brexit, Irish guy. Brexit, the ladder match. <laughs> but in that in that case, one Scotland be desperately trying to um, work things out with Europe. Trying to escape. <laughs> it's like holding on, just Mark Coffey holding on to Bartel will for all his life. Because um, that's what people tune into um, Podmania for, is the biting political satire. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's what we do best, I think. Um, anyway, we move on then to the final match of the main event, and that is obviously the match for the WWE United, King Ch- United Kingdom Championship with the champion Walter taking on Joe Coffey. Um, I mean, I'll be perfectly honest, I'd be amazed if we differ here. Um Garth, who have you gone for? Walter. Chris? I so desperately want to say coffee because I love him. Do it then. But I have to go with Walter. <laughs> but I can't. Because I'm... <laughs> Do you it. Know you know when, like, when in school when you had a math test and you desperately just wanted to put 69 on one of the questions, but then you're like, no, this is my future? <laughs> Garth, did you ever have that? No. No, not did I. I mean, this- I mean, I mean, sex and anything outside of missionary position was invented at Gaff Point in school, so. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> it's like the fucking in-betweeners in to... my school. I was about to say, are you about to go on an old man thing going, oh, fucking back in my day, son, let me tell you. I got, my, my, stone, my, I got my stones off. Um, we were, we were all too pissed to, to give a shit. Amazing. <laughs> um, um, as he says that, I'm now just imagining there's a bunch of tiny gas around the country. Ew. <laughs> Probably about the same age as you. Very <laughs> <laughs> <be> true. <laughs> little garthlets. <laughs> Maybe I'm a little gas. No, 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 no. Never mind. <laughs> let's, let's not go down that road. Anyway. I really want to start chanting, little garthlet. Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> We need to get big enough so we can start Podmania Pro Wrestling. <laughs> like what culture did? 
Yeah, that, or we actually get the fibro thing on video and use for um, mod pack to put in um, chance, which you can do. It's great. Um, yeah, go, of course I'm going Walter. Although I feel like Joe Coffey will take those chops like a champion. Yeah, I, I imagine so. Maybe this could be, and I was thinking this before, could it not be a no contest where like Imperium come down and screw ben, the match up? They're not going to do that on a takeover. You reckon? Not in the main event of a takeover. Don't get me wrong, they do it on... Because they have title matches on TV, do NXT UK. And, um, yeah, they don't... These do end in no contest or fuck finishes. Like, for example, when I went to one in Glasgow, um, Walter versus Pete Dunne, and it ended when Alexander Wolf came out. They do do that shit, but like, they're not going to do it on a takeover, are they? I wouldn't have thought so. Not in the main event, anyway. Um, the closest they've ever had to a fuck finish in any takeover would be like the Owen Zane matches. Yeah, and I mean, especially as looking back on the last NXT UK takeover Blackpool, the main event was pretty divisive. Um, I, I still, I, I, this is probably going to show how divisive it was. I love that match. Being there, I think the atmosphere was great, but I mean, it did struggle timing wise, and hopefully. Walter is better at carrying a match, and hopefully, fingers crossed. I don't. I don't think it's a case of Joe because Joe Coffey can have great matches. Joe Coffey can have great long matches. I think it was literally just a style clash. Yeah, I I agree. Like, because how many, with the exception of Walter, who like are not being funny. I know I was just defending Joe Coffey, but like Walter's a million miles above Joe Coffey. Um. What matches can you name with Pete Dunne with big men that were great? Like, look at the his feud with like Demo and um, Damien Priest and that's not been great has it that match at TakeOver was pretty good it just went it, fucking it was, ages it, it was fine I mean I don't remember what anything Killian Dane did like at all actually. I remember he's now wearing a shirt and that's just a bit weird I miss sanity I I, I miss just big Damo in ICW <laughs> Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. There are our picks for NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool 2. And, of course, they'll be up on the Twitter along with this podcast later on. Now, I think that's everything. And this will probably be the last time you hear from us, obviously, until we are in Blackpool. While we are in Blackpool, there'll be lots of content that comes out from the different podcasts that we do. Um, And, obviously, we'll be doing the much anticipated watch along of a junior concert um that's going to be really really <laughs> exciting for all involved <laughs> but thank you for listening guys in the meantime you can of course talk to us on twitter at podmania podcast check out the website www.podmania.co.uk check out the other podcasts on our network as well they are all very very good listens you can download this podcast on all podcast platforms you can talk to me on Twitter at Real Rob Goodwin. Garth, where can they find you? Yeah, Gothamania. And Chris, where can they find you? This at Pod. I don't use my actual Twitter anymore. You can find me on at Podmania. I'm basically running that account now. Yeah, just think about how terrifying that is, good people. Just think no, for a moment. As soon as he ha- um, Rob effectively hung- handed over the reins for Wrestle Kingdom Light Reading, and immediately I- it was all anarchism and homoeroticism, which quite frankly sums me up quite well. 
I mean, that's the tattoo you're going to have, isn't it? So I mean, I mean, qu- I mean, quite. Yeah, it's just going to be Noam Chomsky deep throating someone. But um, <laughs> <laughs> of all the people we thought we'd ever mention, of all the people we'd ever thought we'd mention on this podcast, I didn't think we'd ever be Noam Chomsky. But um, ah. go read on, on Anarchism. It's a really good little book. Um, but also, Rob hasn't said no yet. So, <laughs> like, basically, Rob hasn't clicked log out of our devices on Twitter yet, so I'm just assuming I'm doing fine. I mean, he's not offended anyone yet. I, I don't oh, anticipate I, this lasting. A, a, few we- a few weeks ago, I got his banned. So. That is true. He did call someone a cunt, which was... But to be fair, the dude was a cunt. He was a fucking transphobic cunt. I mean... I'm so- If you're going to be transphobic, you have to expect people to call you a cunt. That has to be a new law, right? Yeah, I agree. He was a cunt. But that's beside the point. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you all for listening. We will talk to you from Blackpool very, very soon. See you later. You've been listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Podmania, Facebook at Podmania Podcasts, and YouTube and Instagram at RealPodmania. And check out the website, podmania.co.uk. Until next time, wrestling fans...